Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. It is great to be back and great to be in the regular season. Uh, games have actually started, and uh, obviously that is exciting for everyone involved. Uh, the Braves just finished off, uh, unfortunately losing to the Nationals in the last game of that opening three-game series in Washington. Uh, they lost 4-1 to today, but uh, try not to put too much of a damper on things as they, of course, won both of the first two games of the series. Uh, and so today, again, a little bit of a downer. Uh, Schuster was not looking his best, especially in the first inning. Gave up all four runs uh, that the Nationals would get today in that first inning. Uh, and I'll get into that uh, probably at the end of this episode. What I'm going to uh, spend most of the episode doing is what I was hoping to do before the season started. I, unfortunately, guys, I just did not have the time to give you guys an episode, another episode before the season began. So I want to do that first. And so we're going to start with some uh, bold predictions, or you might call them brave predictions. Uh, I know that's really cheesy, but we're going to call them brave predictions. Uh, we'll see how brave I actually am in making these uh, for some individual braves and the kind of seasons they're going to have. Then I'm going to get to my postseason predictions and how I see things going this year. And then uh, I will talk about these first three games of the season that the Braves have uh, have played and kind of what have we seen so far. Maybe some hints of uh, some good things coming for the Braves. Maybe a couple things to be concerned about. You don't want to overreact uh, in any big way uh, in just three games. As we know, 162 games, a lot is yet to be determined. So let's start with my my predictions for some individual players. And so my first one, my number one uh, prediction is that Spencer Strider is going to win the Cy Young. And, uh, you know, honestly, in some ways, people might say that's bold. I've actually heard his name get thrown out by quite a few people, uh, just national, uh, national people, not just Braves fans or Braves uh, commentators as a favorite or maybe a dark horse to win the National League Cy Young. And when, you know, if you're a Braves fan, if you watched Strider much at all last year, you remember how dominant he was. And the reality is uh, he just didn't have as many innings or enough innings uh, to, you know, to be looked at as a next level Cy Young candidate. But he certainly had the per inning uh, dominant numbers that you would look for in a Cy Young uh, candidate. So, that's basically what I'm looking at is if Spencer Strider gives you maybe 170 innings this year, uh, he gave you about 130 last year. So if he can step that up to about 170, uh, I believe he will lead the National League in strikeouts. Uh, he gives up very few hits. Uh, he had a nice outing the other day, his first, uh, his first outing of the season. He wasn't kind of in the middle of that outing. He wasn't super sharp. But he, he found it late. He struck out the last three guys he faced. Uh, I think he had nine strikeouts and six innings pitched, uh, no runs. So, yeah, guys, Strider, even on a day where he wasn't his absolute uh, sharpest self, uh, was looking very good. And it's a good start to what I think could be, again, a dominant season. Strider, to me, is just a kind of freak of nature in, in some ways. Uh, a lot has been talked about even though he's kind of sh on the shorter side of a powerful pitcher. Uh, he, the ball comes out at a kind of an awkward angle for hitters in an angle that they don't typically see. He really jumps at the hitter, uh, and that really shortens uh, his uh, distance to the plate, his release point, 
on top of throwing 99 miles an hour. So, uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of great things from Strider. I really think it's mostly about uh, just him staying healthy and getting enough innings pitched. And if he does that, I think he's almost guaranteed to be in a, a top five situation for Cy Young. Uh, there are, you know, some other favorites. I've heard their names thrown out. Corbin Burns in Milwaukee, who's been a top five pitcher the last few years. Sandy Alcantara obviously won it last year for Miami. Both Scherzer and Verlander always seem to be in the mix, of course, with New York. I have a hard time believing they're going to do it again just because of the wear and tear on their older bodies, especially Scherzer. He's been often... Uh, often on the injured list several times over the last couple of years. Uh, and obviously there's, there could be some guys that, that show up that aren't even, you know, I'm not even mentioning. And even our own Max Freed, even though he's down with a hamstring issue right now, uh, let's not count him out either. Hopefully he'll get back from that very quickly and be right in the mix as well. All right, so that's, that's my first one, right? Strider wins the National League Cy Young Award. All right, my second prediction of the year uh, Acuna, Harris, Olsen, and Riley combine, those four guys combined will hit over 150 home runs this year. 150 home runs. Now, a team, right? M many teams do not hit 150 home runs. So I'm saying these four guys combined will do it. Uh, obviously, it will require all of them staying healthy, all of them having good years. If they were to all hit 40 apiece, that's 160. So that gives you an idea of what kind of power I expect from these guys. I think both Olsen and Acuna will hit over 40. I actually think Riley will as well. And so maybe you get Harris to hit 30 and you have that number. That's what I'm thinking. So in some ways, this might not even be that bold of a prediction. I think uh, if all of them had solid years, um, but none of them hit 40, you might still get to what, 100, 130. So I think, uh, I think this is very possible. Obviously, this would be fun to watch if uh, we're seeing that, that sort of power. And it really starts to make you think, man, this, this team is just a tremendously powerful team because if those four hit 150, uh, what does what does Ozzy do? What do our two catchers do? Even Ozuna, if he has a decent bounce-back season, or Rosario, uh, you're, you're seeing some serious power from this Braves team, especially if those four guys do what I think they're capable of doing. Uh, I already mentioned I, I think Riley is going to hit 40 for the first time in his career. Obviously, uh, Olsen looked really, has looked really good so far. Um, hit two home runs in game two of the series against the Nationals. Acuna hit a home run uh, in his uh, first at bat of the second game of uh, the season. So um, a lot of good things there. Uh, obviously, now I, I do promise you guys, I did make <laughs> make these predictions I put them on paper before the season even started. So, yeah, I know Olsen already has two on the board. promise you already put that on there, but I guess you're just going to have to take my word for it. Uh, all right, my next prediction is that either Grissom or Shoemake will be named the starting shortstop of the Braves by May 15th. Um, this is, you know, in line with a lot of what I've said about the decision to go with Arcia as the shortstop. For the Braves, he's honestly had a somewhat strong start. Not as good of a third game uh, today. Um, he could have taken a walk right at the end of the game. Uh, I think in the eighth inning, uh, he he fouled that ball off, then ends up grounding out, and then kind of 
any rally that might have happened kind of killed at the beginning of the eighth inning. I'm, you know, not blaming him for any of that, but it, it was one of those at bats that even though he's got a couple hits and, and looked pretty good in the first couple games, it's one of those at bats that kind of reminds you that this is not a super advanced hitter. He is the ninth place hitter in the lineup for a reason. Uh, he's been solid defensively so far, which is what you obviously are looking for. Uh, but nonetheless, I think whether it's going to be just kind of blah play in the field or uh, some kind of injury like he had that pulled hammy last year, I think there's going to be some reason that either Shoemaker or Grissom will be called up by. And I'm just putting somewhat of a random date on it, I guess, on May 15th. I, my thinking is May 1st might be a little early for them to make any kind of decision. I really do think legitimately they want Grissom and Shoemaker to have some time at AAA at both shortstop and second base and get a little more uh, just experience under their belt at both of those positions. And Shoemaker also, of course, seeing him offensively, maybe that those those good things that they saw in spring training are real. Um, and maybe by May 15th, that would be a long enough time uh, to figure that out. All right, so uh, my next prediction uh, Brave prediction, hopefully, is that two Braves will finish in the top six of MVP voting. Uh, that's, you know, it's hard to do because a lot of times they say uh, being on the same team, sometimes you'll take votes away from the other guy. I don't know actually how realistic that is. Maybe it is. But um, when you look at this team, I think there are four legitimate MVP guys, you know, guys who, if they had a spectacular season, uh, could be in the top six. And to me, that's Acuna, Harris, Riley, and Olsen. Now, if you have a pitcher who has just a tremendously special year, could could Strider or um, or even Freed be in that mix? Yeah, maybe, but I'm, I'm just kind of taking them out of, of consideration. Um, I have a hard time. You know, Ozzy, I think, has a tremendous upside if he had a great year. But I think even him, I don't know that he would get into the top six. I think he could definitely be a top 10 guy if everything went right for him. Um, but nonetheless, so these four guys, I think, all have a potential to be MVP candidates. Uh, Acuna is getting a lot of love for, uh, you know, a lot of people are uh, thinking that he could be uh, not only a bounce back guy, but maybe an MVP this year. And Harris, to me, just because of the premium position he plays, you know, next level center field defense, his ability to steal bases, his ability to hit home runs. If all of that came together for him, I absolutely think he could be a top 10 MVP guy. Uh, Riley has been a top 10 MVP guy the last two years. Olsen was a top 10 guy for o Oakland in his final year in Oakland. Of course, we know he kind of had a little bit of a down year last year, but is starting great this year. And if he is able to continue uh, that now you know it's obviously tougher for first baseman to win MVPs. We saw Freddie Freeman do it in the shortened season, uh, but it is really hard because they don't get a lot of defensive value. So you just have to be obviously the best hitter in baseball, basically, to to win an MVP at first base. So it is possible, but I think if I was ranking the likelihood of these three guys, it would be Acuna, Harrison, Riley. To me, are, are close. Riley has obviously done it and been there the last two years, but I think Harris has a higher ceiling. And then Olsen, again, uh, I think because his his ceiling in terms of being a hitter 
and his power ability puts him at least in the mix as a dark horse. All right, uh, my my last bold prediction or brave prediction is that Michael Harris will be a top 10 war player, uh, position player in Major League Baseball. Harris will be a top 10 war position player in baseball, not nationally, in baseball. So that's obviously me. I, I obviously love Michael Harris. I'm predicting really big things for him this year. First three games, you know, I would say he's had some good moments. He had a, a double off the wall today. Has, he's had a couple singles, an RBI single in game two. Um, nothing, I would say, particularly spectacular, but uh, we know what he's capable of, and I'm, I am expecting really good things from him. You get gold glove defense. You get a 30-30 season, which I think he's absolutely capable of, and an improved on-base percentage, which he's talked about really trying to improve his discipline at the plate. You get those things from Harris, I think you do have a top-10 war season. I wanted to um, give a little more input on this one of, of my thinking. So uh, last year, a top-10 war season was a 6.5 war, uh, which is pretty elite. Um, obviously, that, that means you're a top-10 position player in all of baseball, basically. But let me just go off of uh, this list. So number one, of course, was Aaron Judge. He had an 11.5 war season, which is insane. Number two, I'm not necessarily counting. It was Shohei Otani, but of course, um, five and a half war of that is from the pitching side, and 3.8 was from the hitting side. So um, remember, I'm only looking at position players. If you divide that, you have to. So the number Machado at seven or Nolan Arenado, another third baseman. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Freddie Freeman tied with a 7.1 war, which, by the way, for first baseman, that is an insane number. Those two guys had tremendous seasons. I will remind you that Freddie Freeman got totally hosed out of a batting title because the Mets' Jeff McNeil, who I'm not a big fan of, did not play the last game. He just sat out because he knew that that would guarantee him the batting title. Anyways, moving on from that, Francisco Lindor, your first shortstop on the list, uh, had a 6.8 war season. Jordan Alvarez, 6.7 uh, war season. Jose Altuve with a 6.6. Mookie Betts and JT Realmuto uh, tied at the 10th spot, uh, basically, with 6.5. So, again, 6.5 war. That's where I'm seeing, uh, you know, Harris be. And I think he can get there, especially being a really high-level center fielder with his offensive ability. Even if he slipped a little bit offensively, I think he could maybe get to 6.5. So I do think this is reasonable. I think it's reasonable for him and Acuna to be in this top top 10, which again is why I could see them both finishing top six in the MVP. Uh, but nonetheless, looking at some really good things for Michael Harris this year, very excited to see him in a full season. Uh, I'm also just excited to see the Braves in Atlanta. I just it's so annoying that the Braves almost never get to start the season in Atlanta. They did last year, but it was only because of the lockout and it just kind of moved the schedule that way. I just don't know why they never get to start the season in Atlanta. Um, and I particularly hate when they play the Nationals because that's in my region and I have to listen to the Nationals broadcast, which I just think kind of stinks. So anyways, um, Again, my issues, not yours, uh, guys. So, um, all right, let's move on to playoff predictions. And I want to start, obviously, in the National League East, and then I'll go into my overall 
World Series predictions and how I see it playing out. Uh, I obviously feel very good about the Braves this year. This is probably the most confident I've been in the Braves to uh, to be very, very good, um, meaning I just I feel like they would have to have a full-on collapse to not make the playoffs. And even then, I, I just have a really hard time seeing all the things happen that would have to happen um, for that to go down. So, so I feel very good about the Braves. Uh, I think they are maybe the deepest team. They have a couple of question mark spots uh, position-wise, but overall, I think they're the deepest team in baseball. One way I think you could think of that is how many guys on in their starting lineup would you foresee having a four or five war season, um, which is beyond, you know, that's almost all-star level. And so four war season, um, most of their starters could probably manage that other than your left fielder and your shortstop. No other team in baseball really has that, that kind of depth. So it's not, it's not positional depth, but it's depth across all of your starters almost all of your your starting infield and outfield are all-star caliber or capable players on top of a deep pitching staff. And obviously the the depth is being tested early on with with uh, Kyle Wright starting on the IL and Max Fried probably going on the IL with his hamstring pull. Uh, but but that being said, uh, some some very good uh, depth and ability across the board for the Braves. So I obviously like the Braves to win the National League East. Um, and I'm going to give you uh, win predictions for each of these teams. So here's my rankings first. I will go Braves number one, Mets two, Phillies three, Marlins four, Nats five. I bet a lot of people have that. Some people like the Mets over the Braves, but I think way more has to go right for the Mets. And with Edwin Diaz going down, um, they've had a, a couple other somewhat significant injuries um, happen to them. And then, of course, the Phillies with Reese Hoskins going down with the ACL tear. Uh, they're not going to have Bryce Harper for at least a significant part of the season. Uh, their depth is is definitely questionable as well. I mean, by the time Harper comes back, they could be out of it. I don't know. So I do think the Marlins will be a little better this year. Uh, so anyways, let's get into wins. So I... You know, any prediction you see out there for wins typically are going to underpredict actual win total. So I'm trying to actually hit the number. Uh, the Braves won 101 games last year, and let's be honest, they did that with a lot going wrong in the first half of the year. I think they get off to a better start this year, uh, and I'm this is somewhat bold, but I'm going to say 102 wins. Uh, so they won 101 last last year. My thinking is, I think this is a better team than they were last year. So, hundred anything over a hundred is a lot. I don't want to go nuts with this thing, but I'm going to just say they're going to be better than last year. So let's go for 102 wins and 60 losses. All right. As far as the Mets go, I do believe they're good. And barring Scherzer and Verlander going out with injuries, which would totally implode their season, let's just say generally they stay somewhat healthy. Uh, so I'm going to go with 94 wins and 68 losses for the Mets. That means that the Braves end the season with a somewhat comfortable um, win gap, uh, and yet the Mets are still good. I mean, 94 wins is a very good team 
so I, I just predict that for, for them. All right. Uh, so obviously number three is the Phillies. I don't see the Phillies being um, quite as good this year. And I'm going to kind of, maybe I'm underselling them. Uh, maybe I just don't like the Phillies. <laughs> I didn't pick the Phillies to make the playoffs last year. And obviously I got that wrong, but I barely got it wrong. I mean, they barely made it. And then they caught fire and beat the Braves and you, you give them, um, give them credit, I guess. Um, they also caught the Braves in a perfect time when, when Freed and Strider were not at their best, but, uh, let's just move, move aside from that. So I am going to say the Phillies will end up with 85 wins, 77 losses, and just miss the playoffs. Um, again, that's not a bad team. They only won 87 games last year, so I'm not necessarily calling for like a huge drop-off, but even just that two-game drop, uh, a couple other teams having decent years, I, that's what I foresee. Um, all right, the Marlins, like I said, I think they will be better than last year. I'm going to say 78 wins and 84 losses, so not quite a 500 team. They do have very good pitching staff. Everybody knows that. Their offense, one through five, is better. I mean, it's a more um, respectable major league lineup than it was last year. But after one through five, uh, it's it's still not very good. Uh, I think they have some issues defensively as well, depending on the positions uh, you're talking about. Their bullpen is maybe average. Uh, so they will always be probably pretty annoying to have to go play, but I don't I don't foresee them um, making the playoffs or making a push for it. Could I see it happen? I mean, they are on, they are one of those fringy teams where if things really fell right for them, you could see it happening, but I'm not calling for it. All right, and then finally, the, the Nationals. Hey, they got a win today against the Braves, but I'm going to say 56 and 106. That's really bad, and they are really bad. Uh, they did get a good outing from Mackenzie Gore today, so maybe he ends up being a bright spot in what is otherwise a not very good team. Um, they're not very good defensively. They don't have much power at all. Uh, so I have a hard time seeing them being, that's basically what they were last year. I think they won 55 games last year. Uh, and that was with Juan Soto for half the year. Um, all right. So again, the Braves, then the Mets, then Phillies, then Marlins, then Nats. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. All right. So let's get to my playoff predictions. Let's start with the American League. And then I'll swing over to the National League. So the American League um, I'm going to stay chalk and say that the Astros are probably the best team in the American League. Um, I'm a little nervous with that only because of them losing Altuve for an extended period of time. I'm not sure the impact of that. I think they have a couple other players who are stepping into new roles who weren't a part of the, the World Series run last year. Um, so, but their, their starting pitching staff is still very good and very deep, even, even after losing Verlander. Uh, so I just think they're still going to be good. Could I foresee them having some drop off and maybe being a wild card team instead? I could see it, but I, I kind of doubt it. I think in the long term, this team is built well for the regular season. Number two, I'm going to say the Blue Jays win the American League East. Uh, and the East is really tricky because you have three or four pretty good teams all there. A lot of people will say the Yankees, but they've had some fairly significant injuries to their pitching staff before the season has started. Uh, those pitchers, uh, neither of those injuries, I think it's Severino and Radon, both are starting on the IL. They're saying neither injury is 
is going to be long-term, but both of those pitchers have dealt with many injuries over their career. So I'm kind of making the assumption that the Yankees are going to struggle with injuries throughout the year and don't have the depth uh, that they really need. Uh, so that's why I'm going for the Blue Jays. I think they do have good depth in the pitching rotation. Uh, they're young and talented across the board uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Number three, I think the Guardians will, will win the AL Central again. The Guardians just do a lot of things really well. They don't have a ton of power. Um, and the White Sox, a lot. some people are picking the White Sox. I think just on a pure talent standpoint, the White Sox might be better, but they've never put it together. They looked like a dumpster fire last year uh, under Tony La Russa. Does that just change with a different manager? I don't think so. So uh, I really like... Um, I like the Guardians, um, and I think they'll continue. Another team I really like, but I'm not going to project them to win their division, uh, is the Mariners. Uh, so obviously they're in the same division as the Astros, but I think they're going to be very good, probably a 90-plus win team this season. Uh, then I have the Rays as the fifth team in the American League. Um, the Rays are always funny because they, they really don't have any stars. It doesn't seem like they have any stars, but they put – together a lot of really good players um, and they win. Uh, so I'm going to project them at the fifth spot. And then I'm going to say the Yankees would, will squeeze into the playoffs. I'm obviously not a big believer in the Yankees this year. Uh, they obviously got a historic year from Aaron Judge last year, even if he just slips a little bit and then they, they have a hard time keeping pitchers healthy. Uh, I think they're still a good team, but um, are they a 100-win team? No, they're probably more like a 90-win team. All right. On to the National League. Uh, obviously, I love the Braves, and I'm going to pick them to be the best team in baseball. Am I a homer? Yes. Could this still be true? Absolutely. Uh, if you look at most projection models, the Braves are picked as the best team in the National League, and most people are saying that. Um, the other team that's in the mix for that is the Padres, and I will say that the Padres will win the National League West instead of the Dodgers. I think that one will probably be one that will go down to the wire. And that would be good for the Braves. It would be good for the rest of the National League. We saw the Braves having to battle the Mets all year and how much that took out of them right at the end of the year. So maybe you'll see that same thing with the Padres and Dodgers. Obviously, the Padres just have a ridiculous lineup. Um, I would suggest that the Braves might have a deeper one through nine lineup. But the Padres' top five are, are insane. Uh, the Braves probably also have a better uh, starting staff and definitely have a better bullpen. But nonetheless, I think the Padres are quite, quite good. Um, all right, number three, the Cardinals. I think they will win the NL Central. Uh, National League Central, just like the AL Central, is not very good. Almost by default, I think the Cardinals win this. I could see the Brewers putting things together. But they had a really rough end of the season last year. I don't know the state of that team. They have great pitching, but maybe not much else. So I'm going with the Cardinals. I will say the Dodgers uh, make the playoffs as the best wild card team, and then the Mets are right behind them. I mean, you could maybe flip-flop both of those teams uh, in terms of record and who, who is the better wild card team. And then my surprise team, I, I'm not certain I believe that this pick is – I don't feel great about this pick, but I'm going to pick – uh, the Diamondbacks as the surprise up-and-coming team, right? There's always a team that you don't foresee that ends up having a good year and makes the playoffs. So I'm going to say the Diamondbacks are that team. I almost went in the AL with the Orioles, 
who I also think have a chance. Uh, they had uh, a nice up and coming year last year. Uh, so I'm going to say that that happens with the Diamondbacks who have a lot of uh, quality young talent coming up this season. All right, so my World Series prediction might surprise you a little bit. I'm, it's not going to surprise you. I'm picking the Braves. But in the American League, I'm going to pick Seattle. And when the Braves went to Seattle last year, they just looked like they had something special going on. Uh, they have some great young players, Julio Rodriguez, obviously. But they also have four four deep of like very, very good starting pitching and, and pitching depth generally. So I just like them. I like what they... Uh, are building in Seattle. Uh, that would actually be incredibly exciting uh, World Series because Seattle has has never won it. So, so a Seattle Atlanta series would be pretty interesting and pretty cool. So that's what I'm going to go with. Even though I'm not picking the Mariners to win their division, I'm going to say they come out of the wild card and it's Seattle and Atlanta. And of course, I will pick Atlanta in six uh, to win the World Series. Um, Look, like I said, I'm a homer. Obviously, I'm biased here, but I also believe in this really great run of divisions, five straight divisions for the Braves. I really think this is the best constructed team to begin the year uh, that we've ever had, even with a couple holes at shortstop and left field where we're not quite as confident. And like, like I said in my last episode, I actually think Rosario is going to play better than most people think. And Ozuna's looked okay. Didn't have a great day today, but we'll see about that. All right. Uh, so just briefly, I want to give you guys some thoughts of what I observed in the first series the Braves had with the Nationals. Um, the Braves took game one, seven to two, and then game two, seven to one. Uh, the, the offense looked pretty good in both those games. The first game was really weird. Uh, you had a lot of miscues in the field the sun was obviously like really bothering people with any kind of fly ball or pop-up uh, so you know i'm just going to ignore that part of it it did seem like a sloppy game generally uh the braves the way i would say it was weird the braves had a ton of base runners uh did not hit a home run which in and of itself is kind of odd for the braves uh and did not score much early i was getting a little nervous it felt like one of those games where you don't really fully cash in your opportunities uh it was only a I think four to two game late. And then Darno had a double that opened it up a little bit. Darno had a great day in, in, in the opening day. He was the DH. Uh, he had four, uh, went four out of five with that double. Um, the, my biggest negative, honestly, was that Snicker in two of the first three games has, have, he has played Ozuna in the field. And I told you guys, I, I was not going to be shocked by that. It's just annoying. I, I get what he's doing. This was allowing, so by playing Ozuna in the field, you had a lefty on the mound for the Nationals. This allows Darno in the lineup with Ozuna, but Ozuna had opposite splits last year against lefties. He's obviously bad in the field. Um, honestly, if you're going to DH Darno, I'm not sure. Like, If you're going to put somebody out there, just put Pilar out there. Um, he hits lefties actually pretty well. And... Okay, if you do that sometimes against certain matchups, fine. But Snicker did it in Game 1 and Game 3. Um, and like I said, Ozuna did not have a very good game in Game 3. Now, he hit a home run in Game 2, but again, it was against a righty. So, um, anyways, you know, that was kind of a frustration just strategically. Uh, but there's also a lot of good things 
coming from these first three games, despite losing in game three. Number one, Olsen, Matt Olson looks locked in. Uh, he's had, um, he had a two home run game. He also in game one, barely missed a home run, had a double off the wall. Um, so it looks like he's carried over uh, whatever he was doing in spring training. Uh, he was the hottest man um, in, in baseball uh, offensively coming into the, uh, into the regular season, and he's carried that over. Acuna also, he hasn't gotten a ton of hits, but he had a home run in game two. Uh, he's turned on some balls. Um, his very first hit of the season was the opposite way, which I told you guys I love when he does that because it makes me think generally he is staying on the ball. He's really uh, dipped that back leg in a way that I think gives me confidence that he's going to access his power much more often. Uh, so that is also some great news. Uh, another bit of good news is I've really liked Ozzy Albee's left-handed swing so far. Uh, you know, I mentioned this, Ozzy had a little work done on his, on his shoulder, um, in the off season and not, not a lot was made of that, but I really wonder if, uh, you know, I've told you guys, I, I really don't have a ton of confidence in Ozzy over the last couple of years with his left-handed swing. And it always seems really slow through the zone. He has a hard time getting to that high fastball in the zone. And from what I've seen early, I think his swing looks quicker and looks better. Uh, and maybe I'm making things up. Maybe I'm just seeing something I want to see. Um, he hasn't accessed a ton of power from the left side so far, but I'm very encouraged. One of the things he would do is like his, his bat was so slow through the zone. It's like he had to start it really early and it would cause a lot of ugly swings. He would chase balls that were like nowhere close to the strike zone because he's cheating on that fastball. And then you throw a slider in the dirt and he's still swinging for it. And he's basically the best thing I've seen is Ozzy is taking pitches um, and he's recognizing it, which means to me, he's not starting that swing quite as early. He's not having to cheat. And I, maybe it's related to another adjustment he's made, but it could be related to that shoulder and just the fact that he has more strength in the shoulder and he's able to, uh, to wait on the ball a bit more. So uh, that would be awesome if we have a fully healthy Ozzy who's, who's more elite from the left side of the plate because we already know he's elite from the right side of the plate. All right, the two big negatives of this uh, opening series, obviously Freed's hamstring. Uh, he, he pulled it in the fourth inning. He was cruising pretty well uh, before that. Looked absolutely like himself. You, you know, you guys, I've told you, I think he's going to have a good year. And um, But obviously you don't mess with your best pitcher and uh, a hamstring. Hopefully it's just a strain. And uh, that's all it seemed to be. He really didn't even, he wasn't limping on it or anything. But uh, it obviously, uh, if anybody out there has ever pulled a hamstring, you know what that feels like. And uh, it's definitely hard to push off the mound if you've got that going on. Uh, so I would expect him to go to the IL, but the Braves don't have to put him on the IL until basically leading up to his next start. So I bet every day they're just going to reevaluate him and see where, where he's at. But, you know, when you think about what's it hurt to put him on the IL and you miss maybe two starts early in the season uh, and then make sure that he's healthy, uh, I, I foresee the Braves doing that. There's also not a ton of negative to that. I mean, think about it. If you are able to save a little bit of innings early in the season on Freed, maybe he's a little fresher once you get to the playoffs. And a fresh 
ready to go Max Freed entering October would be a very good thing. All right, the last thing I'll mention is what happened today, and Jared Schuster comes out and just really struggled. He struggled in the first inning particularly. It's disappointing because he's looked so good in spring training. Uh, and I got to see him twice through, you know, a significant amount of innings this uh, this spring. And what he looked like in spring, everything was crisp. His fastball was sitting at 92-93. Uh, and today, uh, nothing was crisp. His fastball was 88-90. to 90, And he had three walks in that first inning in which things opened up. And that is not him at all. He does not walk, guys. So, look, it's hard to, you know, anything could be going on there. I think probably it's nerves. I mean, of course, it's it's the first chance you have uh, to get on a major league mound. You're making your debut. So I'm going to chalk it up mostly to nerves. It was also pretty chilly and windy. Uh, obviously, you're going from Florida, and things are probably pretty loose when it's 85 degrees outside versus 55 and windy in Washington. So maybe those two things combined just drop things. Maybe he didn't have the feel for the baseball in the same way in the colder temperatures. Obviously, you're going to pitch in that kind of temperature, so you need to figure that out. But uh, it was not the best start for Schuster. On the positive side, after allowing four, uh, he was able to right the ship, and he got through four and two-thirds. The Braves maybe could have pushed him and let him finish that fifth inning. So he did at least eat up innings. Uh, it looked for a time that he was not going to make it out of that first inning. So that is good on him. Uh, he's going to have another start uh, to prove himself. Maybe he'll able to. Maybe that start will be in Atlanta, and he'll be able to to get back on track there. Uh, we'll see how he does. We'll see how Dodd does in his first outing against um, St. Louis. We have Charlie Morton going tomorrow uh, in the opener. In St. Louis, I think that uh, start is an evening start. Uh, so the Braves obviously um, also don't typically play cr quite as crisply in day games for whatever reason. So maybe it'll be just nice to be under the lights uh, in St. Louis. Um, but Charlie Morton will start that one, and then Dylan Dodd will make his debut in game two of that series. And then we'll see what they do after that uh, with Freed's with Freed's start. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the State of the Braves. Uh, very exciting to be underway in the regular season. And I will be back with you guys probably by um, uh, midweek to talk about uh, the St. Louis series. All right. Y'all have a great one. Talk to you later.